I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Ryan Hale. Ryan is a retired restaurant general manager and a former telecommunications manager who has been retired for nine years. He began writing in November 2022 when Antoinette, his wife of 44 years, suggested he stop talking about someday writing a novel and sitting down at the computer and writing one. He wrote, first wrote Memoirs of an Air Force Brat. The process was so enjoyable, he then wrote his first fiction novel, The Year of the Rat, a COVID origin novel in just over two months. He loved the experience of daily commitment to writing and penned the first in the series of the Blake Franklin Investigations books. One for the Money was his debut into the mystery series genre, and he has already published Two for the Show, Three to Get Ready, and Go Cat Go, a four-part disharmony, Five will get you 10 and six degrees of desperation. Ryan puts in several hours daily, putting down 30 to 50 pages and continuously works hard to improve his craft. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you, Kira. And I'm realizing, hold on, your latest release is Crossing Big Coal River. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's a, a book about, about coal miners in West Virginia. Um, my my kinfolk, my relatives, as I was growing up, were um, all in West Virginia. Okay. And we used to we used to go back on uh, on summers when my on my dad's leave, we'd go back for thirty days at a time and and stay up on Coal River with with all, all those folks up there and um, live live the uh, the West Virginia mountaineer kind of experience with um, with wells and outhouses and that sort of thing. And it was a great it was a great time, great time in my life. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So being an Air Force brat based off your your novel title is or your memoir title. Did you guys move around a lot as a child? Then? We did. Um, yeah, I, I went to I went to 14 different schools wow. from first grade through 12th. OK, um, the, long, the longest we ever lived in one place was um, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We were there for six years. Okay. But during that six years, uh, we, we, we moved six times and I went to four different schools while I was there. So wow. it was one of those things where you just get used to moving around. And, and the, the great thing about it is that you, you learn to make friends very quickly yeah. um, because everybody's kind of in the same boat. And uh, um, so, you know, had, had a lot of friends over the years and, and some that, that I haven't seen actually for 50 years, but we, we, we'll talk on the phone or we'll, we'll get onto Facebook or on text or whatever. And, and it's, it's like no time has gone by. We're still good friends. Wow. That's amazing. We're a military family as well. And it's funny that you talk about all these moves. It's just this past weekend, my kids were asking us like about all the places they've lived. And I realized I'm like, my three-year-old has moved four times. I'm like, wow. and he's only three. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Just so I did not grow up in a military family. So just the dichotomy of my growing up to what they're growing up is. And, but I'm glad to hear you say the positive sides of it. Cause we're hoping, I mean, for us, it seems to be working for our family right now. We'll, we'll see as we keep going along. So. Yeah. I, I mean, it was really, you know, there's, I'm sure that there, there were some challenges too, but, but I mean, one of the, the things was we had six kids in our family. 
And when you're when you've got a family with six kids and and you know, your dad's on a on a staff sergeant's pay, we were living below the poverty line, but we didn't know it. We had no idea we were poor. Um, so it, it was we had we had a good life, you know. And the, and the things that are made available to you on Air Force bases for to to keep the kids busy and out of, and out of trouble um, were were great and many. You know, so there's all the athletics and. Um, the pools and the bowling alleys and, and everything that, that were right there on base that you could walk to. Um, and I, I remember when, when, when I was um, seven and eight years old, we were in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and it was about a two mile walk to go to the movie theater. But for a quarter, we could get in to see the movie, get okay. a box of popcorn and a drink. Nice. And so it was, it was a wonderful time. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, and I think, just speaking to your parents, making sure that every summer you would go back to West Virginia and reconnect with your family that lived there. I think that's super impressive as well, because that had to be a lot of travel and planning involved because living all over the country, I'm sure you were coming from different places. Yeah, we were. I mean, as, as far away as as um, as Texas and, and Idaho. Um, so, yeah, there were pretty long drives to get back there. And, and the interesting thing about it was that that our our relatives in West Virginia didn't have a telephone. So when we showed up with with my mom and dad and six kids in tow with our luggage, they had no idea we were coming. Yeah. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, we, we saw a lot of surprise looks yeah. <laughs> and not all of them happy surprise either. But yeah. but it was. Yeah. yeah. You're all here. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's funny. We are originally from Chicago and we were in this habit for so long of going home for over the Christmas holidays, which is just, you know, now that we have kids and it was, I remember going home one time and it was negative 30 degrees was the high Oh my gosh. with the wind chill of negative 50. And I was like, and we didn't leave the house for two days. Our daughter was, I think, six months old at the time. So we didn't leave the house for two days because I'm like, how do you prepare to get a baby outside mm-hmm. in negative 50 degrees? And I'm like, okay, this is the last time I'm coming home for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> We need to change this. So the past, we're going home this summer. We went home last summer. So we've shifted our timeline to be over the summer because it just is, <laughs> I, I have no desire to be back in that level of winter anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be at the point in my life where the the holiday travel is my kids coming to see us instead of the other of, of me going to see my mom and dad I, I miss my mom and dad but i do not miss having to, to go to two or three different households for thanksgiving and christmas and that sort of thing yeah that's a, that's a yeah, you like run yourself ragged i think yeah. to do that um okay well let's talk a little bit so i feel like you had this whole career you had this whole life and then you retired and you decided or your wife maybe pushed you along the path of becoming a writer. Did you yeah. always know throughout your careers that you enjoyed writing, or was it not something you really had? Done? Yeah, no, I, I, I've always I've always written. I mean, the, okay. The, the, and and I and in my memoir, I talk about about how the the first time I ever wrote something uh, was in second grade, and I was really proud of it, and the my my teacher gave it back to me that on the second day of school gave it back with an f on the top of it and said i asked you to tell me something that really happened over the summer not to make something up and i and it and it 
it, it, it so affected me because I, the story was true. Every word of it was true. Um, but I went into, into great detail and, and she just thought that I was making it all up. Oh, wow. Um, and so the next time I wrote, I wrote something that got any kind of attention was in sixth grade. And I wrote a poem um, that ended up being published. And wow. my, my teacher and the principal made a big deal of it. And, and it's, um, it was kind of exciting. So since that time, I've always written poetry for okay. um, special occasions, birthday cards. Most of my, most of my wife, my wife's cards, um, I would, I I'd get cardstock and, and fold it up. And I put, I, I would put a little thing on it that said, hail Mark. Um, and, and then I would, I would write, you know, my you know, original poetry for her. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that. <laughs> so, so I've always done that. And then, and then in the restaurant business, um, I was, I, I've always been a, a trainer as well as a, a general manager. I was a trainer and I, and I wrote a lot of training material that was used in, in the restaurants and I, and I worked for chains and it was so, you know, I was writing it just, not just for my, my staff, but for, uh, for the whole company. And then when I got injured and had to leave the restaurant business, I went to work in telecom and I went there as a trainer and, and became a technical writer. And so I wrote a lot of training um, and did a lot of train the trainer and, and that sort of yeah. thing. And, and, um, and I, I found that, that it was, I was good at my job because I could take technical issues and, and, and write it in such a way that people could understand it when they were coming onto the job uh, right away. Yeah. Um, um, and so I've always enjoyed writing and, okay. and, and always, always dabbled with it, but, but, you know, and I talked about, yeah, well, someday I'm going to write a book, but my, my wife, when my uh, brother-in-law passed away and we would come back to Texas from his funeral and, and I said something about, <clears throat> I wrote, I wrote a poem for his, um, for my sister-in-law. Sure. That, that um, was it touched her and my and my wife as well and and she said you've got to you've got to write you've got to put put these things in a book and and I said well someday and she said no <laughs> you know, we're we're getting too old to, to to put anything off until someday you need to do it today you need to if you're going to do it do it yeah. do not stop talking about it okay so, so I did it all right and so you were retired at this point so oh you yeah, had yeah some you had some time as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I, when I was retiring, you know, nine years ago, I said, I said, Oh, I'm finally going to have time to write that book. And I, and I never even and wrote still, a word yeah, until my wife said that and, and no, no excuses and, and time's running out. So let's get busy. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, and I, this is why I love asking this question because I would read your bio and based off just your job titles, I wouldn't assume you would do much writing with that. Right. So it's amazing to hear that. No, you really, you really did that a lot over the years through these positions. Yeah, and, and see, I, I was I came up in the restaurant business at, at a time prior to uh, the rollout of computers. Okay. And so a, a lot of the the training that, that we did, we would we would um, have um, slides, and then we we put together a script and that sort of thing for each one of the slides. And um, so so I, I got a lot of of experience of of writing dialogue and, and being descriptive sure. about foods and, and ingredients and, and all that sort of thing and, and about service. And, um, and, and so I got, had a lot of, a lot of writing experience there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. So you started with your first, was your first book you started? I know it was the first one. It sounds like published was the memoirs of an air force brat. That was the one you started with. 
That's right. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, so I just, <clears throat> just tapped in, into the, the memories and, and a lot of it, I think is probably memories of memories because my, my yeah. mom and dad would always talk and we'd sit around and, and then we'd say, you know, tell me another story, you know, and yeah. <clears throat> a lot of times it'd be the same story that we've heard before. And, and so those become my memories as though I lived it. So I was able to go back and tap into that. And, and, um, and it was such a wonderful experience recalling all those things. And I would, and I would, I'd finish a chapter and I would be like, Oh my gosh, I, I just remember this. And I'd go back and, and add to it or change things up. And um, it, it was just a, just a tremendous experience. And <clears throat> the funny thing is that, that my, my siblings have read it and, and they said, well, that's, clearly your memory <laughs> it's, not, it's not the way i remember it but but i, I said that yeah i understand that go write your own yeah so. yeah it's funny how we all hold on to different things and it could be the same exact experience but in different ways yes yeah and i i think as you're talking like you said it was such a wonderful experience for you but i think what a great legacy for your family right to have all these stories written down yeah. Well. You know, my, yeah, my daughter was, was the same way when she was growing up, she, you know, we would you know tell stories and then she, she would always say, tell me more, tell me more. Let's yeah. you know, tell me, tell me about that one time. And she, and she knew the story as well as I did, but she enjoyed sitting and listening to us talk about it. Yeah. yeah I think there's something about storytelling, right? Not only in the delivery and the repetition, but just as a kid that, you did that, right? That, just the excitement and you can't believe your parents or your grandparents have done these things in their life. And Right, right. Well, and, and you know, going, going back into to biblical times, that's how the histories were related. Yeah. You know, everybody said, you know, because they, they didn't have the written language um, so much and they would sit and they would talk about the, the lineage of their of their family and, and who begat who. And, and it's the, the part of the Bible when I read it, I was like, oh, okay, cut to the chase. Okay, that yeah, that's David's family, but <laughs> but that's the way they that's the way they they shared their their family lineage and and, and their histories, and so um, it's always been important. And yeah, it was, it was to my kids as well. I know I'm I laugh as you're talking because my husband he's a he's a really good storyteller, and I'm the type that adds in all the details, and he's like, just get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's, it's good. We have each other to balance each other out. But a lot of times I'll just like defer, like you should tell the story because you'll get there better more succinctly, especially if we're, you know, in lieu of time, <laughs> you should probably tell it. <laughs> and my wife, my wife is, is, is like that. She'll start something and they'll show you tell it, you you, you tell it, you tell it yep. better. So yeah, I've done, done a lot of storytelling. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I, I want to take like a course or find a book out there to help me hone my storytelling ability because I, I love listening to stories and I see it's such a skill and a fun thing to have. But I'm like, how do I improve my storytelling? <laughs> right, right. And, and that's that's one of the things I, I love about writing is because I, I'm, I'm a I'm a visual guy, um, even though I, I, I call myself a wordsmith. I'm, a, I'm very visual. Okay. So when I'm when I'm writing, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm seeing it happen. And, and it's, it's like, to me, it's like watching a movie and, and the same with reading books. When I, when I read a book, when I finish, I feel like, like I've just sat through the best version of the movie possible. And, and then there's times when I've read books that, that have been turned into movies and I was disappointed by the movie, or I may have enjoyed the movie, but it's like, yeah, but you know, it was quite different from the book. 
you know, they, yeah. they really went off in a different direction there. But so I, I see things that way as I'm, as I'm writing. And, and that's why it, it, it for me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a very untraditional writer because they, they, they say you should have a detailed um, outline of everything you're going to say and what the characters do. And, okay. <clears throat> and I don't do any of that. I, I'm a, I'm a, a fly by the seat of my pants kind of a writer. <laughs> And, and I, and I see it as I go and it's like, like, you know, what, what would the character say in a situation like that? What, you know, what would, ha- oh, what would happen if, if that happened instead of this? And I, and I can make some changes and do, do things on the fly. And that's why I, I through 10 books and I'm, I'm working on two right now, I haven't gotten writer's block yet. And just because it just, it just comes at me and, and it's, yeah. it's a, a visual experience for me. Right. You're not stopping the flow to try to create this outline or create the characters like you're just letting it flow. And that might be the key to your success right there. Yeah. To to, to the limited success I've had so far, you know, six months into the into the business, it's um, I'm I'm finding that the writing is not the difficult thing. It's the marketing that's that's a challenge. So um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, a, a couple of weeks ago, I decided, I think I'm going to I'm going to hold off on writing for about six months and, and delve into how to market a book. And and as I did so, I found out that I, I did it wrong. <laughs> you have to start marketing them before you even write them. So um, I'm it, it's a it's a learning process. And, and I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of I'm going to back off a little bit, although I've got two in the works. Um, rather than than you know crank a book out in three or four weeks, I may I may take three or four months, and and just really kind of get in into the best way to market it on Google or Amazon or social media or whatever. So it's interesting you say that because even in the podcasting world, right? I feel that a little bit. It's like, am I being heard? <laughs> you know, it's a little, and so right, I feel like it's right. probably very similar, right? I've been doing this pro- actually the same time as you, but my first episode was I came out late November or early December, but I think I started in November was recording to then edit. So I've been in this about the same length of time. So I'm still learning myself. We're both newbies. Yes. So we are both newbies here. So learning together. I know I've had uh, two other podcasters so far on the show and I'm like, we should keep in touch because this is kind of a lonely business, you know, like outside of my conversations I have in this format, right? The interview, but then the editing and the creating and the marketing all on the backside is a very solo job. Right, so right. Should keep in touch because I feel like we're having similar journeys and we can share what worked and what didn't work together. <laughs> right. So where you get your inspiration from. Yeah. So, so I started off with like with, with the, um, <clears throat> the, the first one that was, was the year of the rat. Okay. And, and the backstory on that is, the pandemic it's, it's, it's COVID. Um, but the book itself is about, is, is about relationships, about the protagonist trying to survive because, um, he gets caught up, um, in, in some corrupt things going on with between government officials and, and people in the world health organization and that sort of thing. And so he, he inadvertently becomes a target of, of those people and it's all about him trying to survive that and, 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 you know, get back. He's, he ends up being stranded in China um, and he's got to get back uh, to the States um, somehow without using his own passport. Okay. So it's, um, 
it, it, so anyway, he, it, it's, it's complicated and, and he, he develops relationships along the way. And so it's more about the relationships with COVID as being, being the, the, the backstory. Okay. I wrote the year of the rap because I had just come back from my brother-in-law's funeral and, you know, we, and he, he called us the, the day that he, he, he knew when he was going to die because he, he was telling them to, to turn his machines off. Wow. And he called us and did a Zoom call um, or a FaceTime with us to to say goodbye. Yeah. And I, so we went up. We went up to the funeral, and my sister in law said, it, "It's you know, it, it's so awful how this COVID is just attacking the elderly." Yeah. And it, it gave me the idea that that you know what what would happen if if the government really did collude with a, with a laboratory for the sole purpose of um, getting rid of, of the elderly and the sick and the infirmed so that they could improve the economy. And, and that was the premise for the book. And I thought, and I just, I sat down and just started, started going nuts with it. And, um, and it's, it's, it's gotten some, some decent reviews and I, and, you know, I, I appreciate that, Yeah. but it, but it got a story out of my head and off my heart. And, and I, and I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, then I started with, with the Blake Franklin and I, and I've, I've always been a, um, a guy that enjoys watching cop shows and, and, um, you know, watching, watching movies about, about crime solvers and that sort of thing. Okay. And so I, in, in my mind, I kind of patterned him after um, some of the some of the, the private detectives that I that I'd seen, like growing up watching television, um, like um, you're too young to remember this, but, but there used to be a show called Mannix. Okay. Um, and, and then there was a, there was another one called The Rockford Files. Um, and, and so I, it was it was that that kind of a of a character, the, the modern version of that would be Magnum PI. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so that, that kind of a guy and um, only not, only not quite as cool and, 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 and wealthy or whatever as, as a, as a Magnum PI is guys not driving a Ferrari, but uh, so I, I, it's a Blake Franklin is a, is a, a Fort Worth cop who f- manages to fail the detective exam three times. Oh no. And it's it's embarrassing for him um, because his father is the chief of police. Uh, um, okay. And so he he his and his father didn't want him to uh, to become a cop. He wanted him to do anything else but that. And and he has a rich uncle, and his rich uncle was has always um, told him, um, "Hey, I'll I'll give you the money to do whatever business you want to do." And he's always said, "No, I I don't want to be beholden to anybody. I want to." I want to do my own thing, be my own man. Yeah. And so after failing the, the, the detective exam three times um, out of frustration, he finally accepted his uncle's offer to help him. And he said, I want to be a, a detective. And he was like, well, I know that, but you've <laughs> the test three times. So yeah. he goes, no, 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 I'm in private. I want to be a private detective. So he said, oh, okay. So he helped him get going. And his very first case <clears throat> ends up being a whole lot more than he anticipated. Okay. And, um, and he ends up getting a lot of, attention on social media. And, and it, it's, it's interesting that I, that I, I put the social media slant in there because um, 
that's the thing that I'm craving right now too, is getting social media <laughs> coverage, but, but Blake Franklin was able to, and, and that okay. launched, it really launched his business and, and it launched the, the next book and then the next book and so forth. And, and so, you know, the, the ideas come to me and I just think like, it's like, okay, what would, what would a guy that, that um, his, his whole purpose in life is, is to help people to do good. He wants to to serve and protect, and he and he felt like he could do more than he was as a patrol officer. Okay. And so now he's got his own business, and he can and he can direct his own activities, and he can set his own policy, and 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 he tries to do everything by the book, and 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 you know not take shortcuts, and he doesn't he doesn't pull a gun off of his hip, and and he's he's just trying to do his job and help people, and okay. it, and it works out for him. That sounds really intriguing. I'm going to have to pick these up. So where can we find your books? They're all on Amazon. Okay. Um, and on Google books and on Kobo. Okay. And, um, and soon, soon they will be, be at Barnes and Noble as well, but, but I, I haven't done that yet. Okay. All right. So listeners, you can, I'll have all these links in the show notes as well. But what I love about this, and I feel like so many people love about series is if you fall into one, you know, you have your next books lined up and you're not having to do the hunt for what you're going to read next. So right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I hope that people will, will, if they pick up, pick up one and I, I think you can't help but fall in love with the characters. Yeah. Um, and then there's some interesting twists to it. Um, and the, the, one of the more interesting twists occurs right at, right at the end. And it, and it helps with the trajectory of his business. Okay. So, all right. Well, yeah, I'm going to be picking that up and there's, so right now there's the six books of that series are published. Right. Right. Okay. And I've, I'm working on, on the seventh book, which is, which the working title is called seven seals. Okay. Um, and, and so I, I, I chose the title thinking that, that people might think, well, that, that sounds like it's got a religious slant to us because it's, it sounds like revelations, but, <clears throat> but it, it's not. Okay. All right. Well, I'm oh, intrigued. That was, that was a spoiler. Sorry about that. <laughs> I am very intrigued. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about who you are as a reader. What genres do you prefer to read? Well, I, I have always, um, since I started reading in earnest, I was 19 years old. Okay. And I, and, and I hadn't read a book up to that point. Um, if it wasn't assigned to me in a class, I never picked one up. I, we we were one of those those households that that didn't have any books around. You know, we just okay. didn't. And um, I, I can remember bringing my my weekly readers home um, when I was in grade school. And you know, hey, you can get this book for seventy five cents. And my dad would say, "Well, I'm not made of money." Yeah. And so we we and and I realized that. And um, so I just never had books around. But when I was nineteen, I I, I bought a, a book um, by Clive Cussler. Okay. Um, and it was the Mediterranean caper. And by the time I read that one, he already had, I believe it was four additional books out. Okay. And so just like you said, when you, when you find a book, that's a part of a series, you don't have to worry, worry or wonder what's, what's the next book I'm going to read. I couldn't wait. Yeah. And I, and I just one after another, after another. And, and Clive Kessler is such a prolific writer that I mean, in the, just in one series, which is the Dirk Pitt series, I think he's got 33 or 34 books. Wow. Um, wow. 
and I've, and I've read them all. Um, and he's kept you busy for many years. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, between him and, 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 um, Patterson and, uh, Clancy, I mean, I've, I've, I've been real busy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so I, I like the, I like the, the adventure um, yeah. books that, that Clive Custer writes and, and he's got, he has five different series. All of them are, are just um, rich with, with adventure and, um, and they, they're, they're patterned after his life actually, because wow. he, he was, he was a, oh yeah, yeah. He's, okay. he's a, he's a treasure hunter. He's done, he's done a lot of, of salvage, salvage work, um, which is what Dirk Pitt and his NUMA group they they go out um looking for sunken ships and that sort of thing and clive custer has done that for for 35 40 years so oh wow that is so cool okay i had no idea that that was based off his life yeah wow okay and then so how in your day because i obviously i know you're writing quite a bit too how do you find time to read i just i just set aside time and 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 the, the reason i've been i've been reading so much um lately is because I'm I've been going on these these um, Facebook author groups, yeah. and it's all you know there are thousands and thousands of indie authors that um, are struggling in the same boat, yeah. and and so I'm I'm seeing some of the, their posts and 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 you know judging their books by their covers and 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 saying yeah I think I'd like to read that one and so I've I've been like in, in the last two weeks I've I've um, I've downloaded um nine books and i've read seven of them and 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 it's some of them i i love some of them i i don't love yeah but, but i'm i you know it, i've been in, i've been enjoying that process as well and being able to go out and give people um some rankings on amazon and that sort of thing so yeah um, it's just you know support the people that are, that are out there doing the same thing i'm doing absolutely i think that i think that part is huge right because like you said, we're all in this path together. And, and I always feel like offering up the support, right. It, it's just, you feel good about that, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and then let's, you've been so gracious to prepare a book flight for us today. And you've already kind of alluded to one of your first books in the book flight. So yes, tell us about the first book of the book flight today. Okay, so so the, the the first book um in the book flight would, would be the Clive, the Clive Custer series, which is about a character named Dirk Pitt. Okay, and and the way he describes Dirk Pitt, he's he's kind of like um he's kind of like a, a Magnum PI guy because he's like six four and dark hair and muscular and green eyes and chiseled and all that kind of stuff, and so I, I I've always I was always picturing him as being that. Of course, when the when the movies were made, Matthew McConaughey was cast as as the Dirk Pitt character, and oh, I really? <laughs> kind of scratched my head about that. And I think Clyde Cussler did as well. Yeah. Um, but 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 the the books are just like 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 rich with action, adventure, and and daring, and and all that sort of thing. And so I I just got so wrapped up in it and and looked forward to it. And there's another character that's in the book, um, named Al Giordino. Okay. And, and Al Giordino is, he's described as, um, he, he's like, he's like me for a long time, except that he was Italian with a, with great hair. Okay. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm West Virginian with, with very little hair, um, <laughs> but, but, I've, you know, big barrel chested, strong guy. And, um, and, and so he was, he was, 
he's like like always had Dirk's back, and and so those two characters, I, I just I just I love the the way they played off of each other. They were both wise guys, like like I am, great sense of humor, and so I I, I identified with them for different reasons, yeah. um, and and so and it just it just I could I could live the experience with them. So there's that series, and, and okay. then. Do the characters persist throughout the novels as well? So you kind of get to know them more in each book. They, yeah, absolutely. And, okay, and, I love and, that. And so, so like, like Dirk, in the beginning, um, is a widower. His his wife was was killed. He then um, gets married again, much much later. You know, okay. twenty eight books into it, he he gets married, and he's married to a congresswoman, um, and. Um, Al Giordino, he's, he's just, he's a player. <laughs> so yeah, in that, in that way we differ. Um, but, but, but as, as he gets older, as, as he's writing, writing these, these books and, and I'm thinking, you know, Dirk's getting a little bit old for this. Okay. Well, well, then he finds out that he's got, he's got a couple of kids from the wife who was killed. Um, and, and they'd they'd grown up in Hawaii, and so he's got um, Dirk Jr. Okay, and, and his daughter, and 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 they kind of take over and start doing all of the action adventure and and the deep dives and that sort of thing. And and so you, you know, you just like fall in love with his kids and 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 get right into it. So. Yeah. I, I was giggling when you were talking about how Matthew McConaughey was casted as Dirk because there's a mysterious series that I have loved and I think I'm like 14 books in and it was recently made into a TV series and I've only ever read the books as books, right? And I think you create this movie in your head absolutely, while you are reading, which you, means you've created these characters. Much to my chagrin, I've probably pronounced some of the names wrong because it's in, they live in um, Canada where they speak French and I don't speak French. So I, I've probably mispronounced some of the names. Um, but when it was, when I watched the preview for this TV series, I was like, I don't know that I can watch that because that's not the movie I have created in my head around this series and 14 books in, you're really invested in these characters. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, I think I'm going to bypass the TV show. I'll keep reading the series because I absolutely love the series, but the TV show probably will not be what I would want to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so when, when, when the, when the movie Sahara came out, which is based on, on Clive Cluster's book and Matthew McConaughey is, is in it and, and the Al Giordino, the barrel chested, big, strong, fearsome fighting Italian guy is a little tiny <laughs> comedic actor with, with blonde hair. And, and he was, he was great in the part at, you know, sure. but, but it, it had nothing to do with the book. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I st- still enjoyed the, the the movie somewhat, but I but I was like like what? Who who did the casting on this? Yeah. And and then I read later where 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 Clive Kessler was not very pleased with the way it went. And, okay. he, and they also made they made his book Raise the Titanic into a movie and he was very unhappy with with what they did there. So he's I don't think he's allowing his books to be made into movies anymore. It's interesting that whole process. I mean, that's really a whole world I I don't know much about, but you would think they would consult the author a bit more when they're creating that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or pay attention to the book when that, when they're turning it into, um, into a script. Yeah. I, I, you know, just, it's too, it's too easy to get it right. I would think. 
Yeah, especially just in the character. <laughs> like yeah. that seems in character casting, that seems <laughs> yeah. a simple. Maybe in the dialogue script writing, you might need to change some things, but character casting seems a pretty simple. Yeah. But that's not a world I know much about. So yep. who knows? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was Clive Cussler's Dirk Pitt novels. What is the second book of the pairing today? Uh, the second one is the the Alex Cross um, books. They're, they're yeah. James Patterson. Yep. Um, and that's another one where, where, I mean, Patterson is such a prolific writer um, that, that, that he's got 40 books um, just just in the Alex Alex Cross um, books, and and then he's got several others, and and I've read them as well. But um, I've, I've just thoroughly enjoyed the Alex Cross. He's he's a family guy. Um, he's um, he's raising his kids. He's he's living he's living with Nana Mama, his, his um, mother in law, I believe, is is the actual relationship. Okay, um, from his deceased wife, um, but. They 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 live in in Washington D.C. and 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 he's he's um, called in as a as a forensics expert um, and just he, he gets he gets into some really really tight spots and um, he's he surrounds himself with with some some great friends that are there that have his back and and I've just I just really thoroughly enjoy the the whole the whole genre it's it's just a wonderful book. Yeah, it sounds like you can identify with the main character as well, right? Like he's very relatable. Yeah, he he, he is very relatable, and he, and he's he's so close to his kids, and he would he would he, he would die for him, you know. Yeah. Um, but more importantly than that, he he lives for him. He yeah. he 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 makes decisions that he makes based on what's good for them, and and I think that's what that's what dads ought to do. So I think he's a great role model. Yeah, I'm as you're talking, I'm like, oh, my husband for until probably 10 uh, the first 10 years of our marriage he read very sporadically he he's a movie buff that would be his go-to medium of you know hearing stories and i've always been a reader but i always will like send a book his way like i think you might like this i think you'd really enjoy this and just recently he since i've started the show probably in the past 6 months he found this series of books that he loved and he would like he was walking around with his kid i've never seen him read like this and i was cheering inside my head like oh my goodness he's become like this voracious reader like 12 years now we've been married and i'm like yes this is so exciting and um but i know he just has finished the series he w literally went back he finished it and started it over again that was how much he loved it wow so i'm like but i think he would probably love this book because now i'm trying to find him another series he'll like right because i'm like oh okay i know what you kind of like i know you like the thriller the mystery um but he might really like this from the character that you're describing so maybe i'll get this for him for father's day <laughs> so thank you for that recommendation sure, sure. <laughs> okay so that was the alex cross series by james patterson and wow. then what is the last book of the pairing today the last one is um, it's Jeffrey Deaver. Okay. Um, and, and he, one of his books is the bone collector. Okay. And all of, all of his book books are, are in, in the same genre where, where there's um, the, the, um, the forensics um, cop and, and, yep. and trying to solve crimes and that sort of thing. And there's, there's 
probably half a dozen other authors that I've, I've bought their full series that, that tend to be the same type of genre. Okay. But, but this guy, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Deaver is, is so um, detailed in, in the way he, he sets up the, the crimes and, and, and I'm, I'm, as I'm reading, I'm thinking, Oh, I bet you that's what, what, what he's going to use to trip him up. And yeah. oh, I bet you that's it right there. And I'm, I'm right about half the time, I guess, but, yeah. but he, 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 he does such a wonderful job of, of leaving little crumbs that, that, that you, that you can go, ah, yeah. yeah, they're going to get him now. Um, so I just, I just enjoy it. And I, the thing, the thing that I like about, about all, all these books and it, and it, it's true in mine is that the good guy wins. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want, I never want to make the villain. I, I had, a, I had a difficult time with one of my books. I, I had to make the villain sympathetic just because of the storyline. Okay. And, and it bothered me. It yeah. bothered me to do that because I, because to me, a villain is a villain is a villain and that's yeah. it. And there's nothing sympathetic about him, but um, in book, um, in book six, um, I, I had to. Um, yeah. so it was a new experience that I, I, eh, yeah, but, but in, in, but with these other authors that, that I read so much, so much of the good guy wins and, and the good guy, you know, he, he gets, he gets almost caught. He gets almost hurt. He gets, you know, that sort of thing. But, but so it's, it's good to live on the edge while you're, you're trying to, to save the world. But, um, but the good guy has to win in my yeah. books. And I think that's a, a great part of storytelling, right? It's like the good versus evil and the ultimate story of that, right? And the hero triumphing over evil. And I think that's why we're drawn to stories, right? I think that gives us hope. I think that can inspire so many different feelings in us of that ultimate tale, right? Of the right. hero triumphing. Right. One one of my my proofreaders is my wife's sister. Okay. And and so and I always I always send it to her first. And and then she and she gets so in into the characters and, and it's, you know, it's made her cry. It's made her laugh. And, and she, and she, after the, I believe the, th the third book, she said, um, when are you going to have her get married? I was like, okay. well, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> She's like, like she did. I just think that she would be so lonely. And I was like, okay, well, so, yeah. and, and, and she was right, you know? Yeah. It's, they've, they've all got to have, have, complete lives and so I, I based on based on her saying that i went back in and um and, and made some changes and, and now that character is going to be she's dating okay like, can't get too serious but she's dating i love that yeah and i i love books that make me feel all the emotions right as i'm reading them i to me yeah. that's a sign of a good book yeah yeah i i had i know i was writing in um book six and, and I started to read something to my wife because I, I kind of bounce things off of her every now and then. <clears throat> and I, I got, I got choked up when I was writing it. Yeah. And I got choked up again when I was reading it to her and then she got choked up listening to it. Yeah. So I thought, I thought, okay, that's, it's working. <laughs> this, <Yeah. laughs> this is good. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And how you can, and I'm just so impressed in how you can put that into words on paper. So. Kudos yeah. to you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Okay. So the last book of the pairing was The Bone Collector by Jeffrey Deaver. And how I love to end the show around here is what I call our bonus pairings, which are just a speed round of questions. So you can just answer these really quick. Okay. So where is your favorite place to read? 
sitting right here in the chair that I'm in. Love it. All right. And then what is one book you've read that has changed your life? I've got to go back to um, the Mediterranean caper. Okay. With Clive Cluster, because it was, it was at that, that point that I started reading and I haven't stopped. Yeah. I, I mean, over, over the last um, 47 years, yeah. I, I probably have, have read, you know, a thousand books or more. I just, I just have always read a lot, a lot since then. Yeah. I love that. Sparked your love of reading. Okay. And then are you a rereader? I am not. Okay. All right. And then lastly, what are you reading next? The next one I'm going to read is, um, it's a book by, excuse me, Philip Morehouse. Okay. And it's called the mongrels boots. Okay. I haven't heard of that one. The title though is interesting. Yeah. It, well, and it, it, ju- it just came out this past week and, okay. and it's, and it's about a, a character that's up in West Virginia. Oh, so, cool. Okay. Uh, and it, and it actually, it, it, like, like my, my book in West Virginia takes place in 1959, 1960. Okay. And it takes place in 1962. Wow. Okay. And, and the one I'm, the, the sequel that I'm writing to, um, uh, crossing Big Coal River um, is um, also takes place in 62-63. So I'm just reading it. I'm 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 comparing our our um, our dialectic approach and and that sort of thing. So oh, that's really fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know your time is precious, and I appreciate all that you've given me. Oh, it was a pleasure, Kara. Truly. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Ryan Hale. We'd love to hear what other books you would pair with his mystery series book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.